0: welcome to the future of agriculture podcast the show that explores the people companies and ideas that are shaping the future of agribusiness innovation resourcefulness and collaboration are essential for feeding a growing population and we believe the agriculture industry is up for the challenge please welcome your host Tim Hammerich How's it going? Thank you so much for downloading another episode of the Future of Agriculture podcast. My name is Tim Hammerich. I am an agribusiness recruiter, and it really is my pleasure to bring you these stories every week of the people, companies, and ideas shaping the future of agriculture. As you know, if you've listened to previous episode, this show is part of the Farm and Rural Ag Network. So if you love ag podcasts and vlogs and other related ag content, head over to farmruralag.com and check out some of those other shows as well. Very fun episode for you today. This this one's going to be a little bit different. You know, normally we focus pretty strictly on uh, ag tech, sustainability, food security, uh, and ag entrepreneurship. Today's story is definitely one related to ag entrepreneurship, but it takes a bit of a different angle. I have a soft spot for getting children and, and young people involved in agriculture, or interested in agriculture that may not be from ag backgrounds. Uh, I grew up on a hobby farm in California, uh, so I was not really, you know growing up on a commercial farming operation and I became very interested in agriculture through showing livestock and getting really involved in 4-H and FFA. So any way that I can support people who are getting young individuals involved in agriculture, I am, I'm all over that. I think it's important work and I think it's really uh, not done enough or effectively enough, I guess you could say. So when I discovered George the Farmer, I was uh, really excited to bring Simone Kane on the show. Simone is uh, the co-founder of George the Farmer, and George the Farmer is an initiative uh, in Australia to get young people to learn about agriculture through the use of this children's character called George the farmer, uh, George and his wife, Ruby Ruby is an agronomist, um, go on all sorts of adventures that end up teaching kids about agriculture. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. I'm going to let Simone tell the story rather than me trying to tell it to upfront. Um, uh, but I will tell you, they have been gracious enough to give our listeners here, the future of agriculture podcast, a discount. So, if you go onto their site, which is georgethefarmer.com.au, they're in Australia. If you go on that website and uh, buy anything, they have books, t-shirts, cuddle dolls, all sorts of things. If you go on there and you type in future of ag, that all one word, future of ag, you will receive 15% off um, everything they have to offer. So head over there and check that out. But first, listen to this interview with Simone Kane of George the Farmer. Very pleased to have on the program today, Simone Kane of George the Farmer. Simone, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me.
0: And I am really intrigued by the work you're doing. You're you're in Australia. I think people could probably tell from your accent you're not from Texas here. Uh, (laughs) Tell us a little bit about what is George the Farmer?
1: So George the Farmer is an inspirational character whose aim is to teach children about where their food and their fiber comes from and, and also be an inspirational character the kids um, all over Australia, predominantly at the moment, um, but you know globally as well, who have an, um, who have grown up with farming, so an inspirational character for them, someone that they can relate to as well.
0: Cool. And to the the brand George the Farmer. It looks like it's a, it's a children's book, but but maybe you've kind of grown it from there. So did, now, are you from a farming background? Is that kind of how this came about?
1: Yeah, so um, I've developed George the Farmer with my business partner, Ben, and we've both grown up on uh, farms in the southeast of South Australia, so we're basically right down um, at the very bottom south of the mainland of Australia. Um, I grew up on a sheep um, and cropping property, and my parents were also, um, they had a livestock transportation business, which they ran for 30 years. So. I was always surrounded um, at the Home Depot, you know, with truck drivers and livestock agents and farmers who were always sort of coming in and telling some pretty funny yarns or stories about, you know, what had happened during the day. Um, And I'm also married to a beef cattle farmer, uh, Justin. So he runs the family farm with his brother, Alan, uh, which is about 25 k south of um, Panola in South Australia and um, mainly beef cattle, some cropping and potatoes and onions are grown on the farm. So when um, my eldest son, whose name is George, he's the namesake, when he was um, two and a half, he was absolutely obsessed with the farm, wanted to go with Justin, any opportunity that he, that he had, he'd read, um, you know, farm machinery, trading, magazines. Um, and
0: how old was he anything at the time?
1: To do with farming. He was two and a half. He was just oh, wow. he was absolutely obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> reading from machinery publications. Awesome. <laughs> well, he, he wasn't reading it. He was only looking at the pictures. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and I was looking. I was pregnant at the time with uh, twins, and I knew that obviously things were going to get a bit hectic. And so I wanted to find something for George to really fall in love with and to, you know, obviously help me as well, keep him entertained um, when I didn't have any time. Coming up, so I was looking for um, farming apps and books um, that could help entertain him. And I really was at a bit of a loss when I was looking. I couldn't really find anything. Um, the only things that I could find really were um, old farmers wearing overalls. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they'd go out and collect the eggs and milk the cows, and that was all, all that really happened in agriculture, which, you know, as we all know, isn't what happens. And there wasn't a character who was telling sequential stories about life on the land. Um, So I really thought there was this great opportunity to create this character that could be an inspiration to my son George and other kids that were obsessed with farming Um, but also educate kids about where their food and their fibre uh, comes from. So Ben, my business partner, and I also have a creative agency. So we work predominantly with companies that are associated with primary industries or with education. Um, And so we work with clients right across Australia, the National Farmers Federation, um, the Primary Industries Education Foundation Australia as well. Uh, so we had some good contacts and um, we decided to use our also use our creative skills to develop in-house this character. And so we thought, okay well, we also wanted to get into app development at that time, although and at that time, which was in 2014, um, we weren't presented with any opportunities from clients to develop apps at that stage. So we thought, We'll write a story and illustrate it and we'll um, launch it as an interactive story app and then that way we could also show um, the app to prospective clients um, through our creative agency and maybe pick up some um, app work as well. So I'd always wanted to write and illustrate a story, um, a children's book, but Ben, my business partner, had been getting right into illustrating at that time. He'd been doing this challenge for himself where... He'd illustrate, do an illustration a day and put that up on his blog. And so he was really good at it. And so basically I decided to write Ben Illustrated. We um, developed all of the branding um, for George the Farmer. We created this interactive story app around the first story, which is George the Farmer Plants a Wheat Crop. And so George is married to his very talented agronomist wife, Ruby, and um, Ruby often saves the day in the story.
0: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love
1: it. George is also a bit obsessed with sport. So um, the first story is about George planting a wheat crop and um, he's daydreaming a bit about football and he doesn't realise that he's run out of seed while he's um, planting the planting wheat crop even though the alerts are going off. And he has to dash off to football training and um, in steps Ruby and works out that George has, you know, basically uh, run out of seed and she has to retrace the steps to fix the problem before the you know the seeds germinate and um, the neighbours can see a big bear patch in the paddock, so that's um, basically the story for the for the first the first story that we released and um, the second story that we re- we released was George the farmer shears a sheep um, and so that involves some um, um, of George and Ruby's friends for, from um, New Zealand they come and help shear some sheep and we learn about Uh, wool production in that story and that one's on the interactive story app as well but it wasn't long after we launched the app and we had a great response we were um, you know regularly featured in the top 10 apps on iTunes uh, under the educational technology section um, for books Um, but we started getting a lot of requests for printed copies of the books which really surprised us because we thought we were being pretty cutting edge developing an app Um, And so just to
0: interrupt real quick, it's an app, but is the app basically a book that you can read on your phone?
1: Yeah, it's it's an interactive story app. So you can, the kids can either have the narrator read it to them or they can turn the sound off and they can read it themselves. Oh my
0: gosh, I don't even have to read it to my kids. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, that's really neat. Uh, and and yeah. so uh, was it written, you obviously had George in mind when you created the concept. Is it written for his age group or how old how, how old is the target age group for George the Farmer? So
1: George the Farmer target age group is two to eight. But, you know, kids under two still love the bright colored pictures. And we also have a Numbers on the Farm board book, which is a, like a one to ten um, heavy based book that, you know, it's great for babies as well. Um, and then we do have some fans that do go up to sort of the 10-year-old um, age bracket as well. It's quite broad, the, um, the, the age group, but I guess the, probably the most popular age is around the sort of two to five
0: two to five. Okay. Well, I have a four year old daughter and then I have a a four month old son. So I need to get on this because it sounds really, really interesting. And and to resume your story, you said you, you launched the app and you started to get demand for actual like print books. Is that right?
1: That's right. Yeah. So we, um, because we have the files all set up and we're, um, graphic designers and, um, you know, we deal with print houses all of the time. We decided to self publish the books. So, we sent the files off to the printers. They're all printed here in um, in South Australia as well, the books, and um, started uh, distributing the first two picture books. And so we've picked up um, approximately in the last couple of years uh, just over 40 stockists nationally and um, obviously looking to increase that number um, as time moves on. But um, we've also released another two picture books as well. The third story is about... Um, Ruby and the um, uh, Robotic Dilemma, so that's about uh, robotic dairies and we learn about uh, milk and different uses for milk and um, also a bit about agronomy with that through Ruby's role as an agronomist. And the fourth picture book which we released in December is Beehive Breakout. And so George and Ruby also have two children, Jack and Lucy, who feature in all of the stories and and they're twins as well. And Jack and Lucy um, are trying to save up enough money to buy bikes, um, push bikes, new push bikes Mm -hmm. um, from the farm. And so they decide to um, basically market and sell the honey that's being produced on the farm by um, beekeeper Joe at the local farmer's markets. But they run into a bit of a a dilemma with when the bees um, escape from the hive and they need to get them back in.
0: One aspect I'm really intrigued about is just the reception you're getting from those who don't have a farming or agricultural background. Um, what types of things are these kids learning and, and, and are what type of response are you getting from them?
1: The kids are loving it. I think um, what we've found is that when we can get information about farming or growing things or agriculture across children who haven't had that opportunity to learn anything about that in the past, they just really grasp at it. Um, it's been more of a case of that they just haven't had that opportunity to see it before, mm. but once they do, they love it. So, uh, we do um, performances as well. So, we have a big George the Farmer mascot um, that we travel around Australia nationally with. We also um, create music. So, Ben, my business partner, is also a musician. So Ben and I write the songs together, and then Ben puts it to music. And we go around to these performances in regional locations and in city-based locations. And um, we do a reading of our latest book, and which is quite cool as well because then the kids can also meet uh, the people who have written the book and illustrated the book. Um, And then we perform these songs, and we've all got dance moves for the songs. So I get up there and dance with George the Farmer, and Ben sings and. the kids all join in and they, they love it. They just love, you know, the interactivity of the performances, but, and they don't actually realise that they're learning. You know, we sing songs like "We Love Beef," um, the food in the fridge is from the farm, uh, the harvest, top uh, dairy days. There's yeah, all of these um, great songs. Pulse party, ain't no party like a pulse party. Get some Dip on your chips and some hummus in your tummy. <laughs> so, the yeah, there's the some really fun songs to dance me and they just, they love it. They don't realise that they're learning. From the padded to the
0: plate, it's a ripper boost, a protein mate. In the cattle yards, there's plenty to do. Just be careful that you don't step in, boo. Yeah, good idea, mate. We love beef. Yeah, we love
1: But um, one of the other things that we do, we actually reinvest 50 cents from the sale of each of our picture books back into creating free curriculum aligned educators guides. So we work with uh, qualified educational consultants to develop these guides for us. We have uh, two guides at the moment, one's on wheat and wool production and the other one's on uh, pulses for the UN year of the pulse uh, a couple of years ago. And um, basically, it allows teachers anywhere in Australia, they can download these guides or anywhere in the world, really, if anyone else is interested, they can download load these guides for free and basically implement them straight into their classroom without having to do anything else. They're still ticking off on their learning outcomes of science and maths and, um, and English. And um, they can help teach kids at the same time about agriculture and just basic things about where food and fibre comes from. So we've also got another three guides that are being released uh, later this term um, in Australia, and, and again, you know, anybody else can pick up on these. Um, and these ones are about innovative careers in agriculture. So um, we're trying to get kids to, from a really young age, start thinking about the amazing opportunities that there are available in agriculture, um, you know, not just being a farmer, but all of the associated um careers available through the whole supply chain so that we can you know by the time they're a bit older instead of thinking that the only careers are you know doctors, lawyers, nurse, hairdresser um, etc which are all important as well but that they're thinking about agriculture um, as well. So um, in Australia and I'm sure America is the same but Workforce capacity is one of the biggest issues here. For the past 10 years, there have been consistently more job openings and qualified candidates. So I think the only way that we're really going to address that is to start getting kids thinking about careers in ag from a young age.
0: Absolutely. And in fact, I think we should really pause right here and, and give a plug for that. Where, if, if anyone listening is a teacher or knows a teacher, where can they go to download those free resources? Because that sounds really important.
1: Yeah, they can just go straight to georgethefarmer.com.au dot and um, and download any of the resources that we have on there for free.
0: Okay. Definitely we'll put that in the show notes too. georgethefarmer.com.au dot com dot AU and uh, and head over there to to download those resources. I, I it's funny that you're mentioning, you know, getting um, kids interested in careers in agriculture. When I was a kid, probably eight years old or so, I came home and told my mom that I wanted to be a um a traveling ranch butcher, one of those butchers that goes out to the ranch and, and does all the processing of the meat. And she kind of said, well, how about yeah. how about a veterinarian? And I said, Okay, well, veterinarian <laughs> will work too, but but uh, didn't end up being one of those. But I do think that it's just so, so important. And obviously, a big part of the work that I do is trying to get um, people interested in careers in agriculture. I, I don't know how you feel about this comparison. But I know when my daughter was younger, she loved the wiggles. And it reminds me of the, the wiggles, except for something, they're actually learning something from especially related to agriculture.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, the Wiggles have done a fanto- fantastic job with what they've done over the years. Um, you know, with the messages that they've tried to put through their music, I guess we're very focused on agriculture and food um, with what we do. But yeah, I guess we could, we're sort of like the Wiggles, I guess, for, for ag.
0: <laughs> and, and so um, the, the way that all this is funded is through sales of the books or is the app also something that people pay for?
1: Yeah, the app um, is for sale on uh, iTunes. It's $4.50 Australian um, for the app, so it's very uh, reasonably priced. And then the second story um, is available on there. We haven't put the third and fourth stories on there, um, but the books are all for sale as well, and we do um, ship internationally with those as well. And we're always looking for new, new outlets, whether they're in Australia or anywhere else over the world.
0: Excellent. Well, I I need to to buy a book for myself uh, so uh, for for my daughter at least, and then again my son when he's able to lift his own head up at least. Uh, I I think that's just really really fascinating. Um, do you have any sort of uh, what I love about this, Simone is is. So many people talk about the problem of educating people about agriculture. In fact, there's it seems to be this whole sub-industry built on we need to educate people about agriculture, but it always seems like a bunch of people talking about it and not doing anything about it. Actually reaching out uh, in, in talking to people within their own context. And that's what I love about a children's app and a children's book and children's educational resources is you are providing this within the context of something that they're going to be consuming anyway. It's not, you need, you don't know where your food comes from and, you know, kind of, um, uh, yelling at people in the aisles of a grocery store. It's actually, you know, communicating with them in in an engaging way. Um, do you have any sort of stories or examples you can give about, um, how kids have benefited from this type of material?
1: Yeah, I mean, what we're trying to do with George and Ruby is really make Ag cool. So, you know, we're making what they're learning about really fun and engaging. We've performed for the last two years at the Sydney Royal Easter Show, which has been, you know, a two-week stint with, you know, up to 70 performances over that two weeks. We see over 400,000 people um, go through the food farm and they're mainly, um, you know, city people. Um, the feedback that they've given us has been amazing we've picked up lots of um, different um, lots of followers in sydney as well sydney and new south wales um, basically our main um, has been our main growth with george the farmer but we've also had um, one example i'd probably give was a little girl um, in a small regional town in victoria Um, her teacher Uh, had them um, taught them the wheat and wool um, guide. And before she started teaching them about George and Ruby and and wheat, um, the little girl, she was in year two, I think, so she would have been about eight years old. The most she'd written for the whole year was about half a page of text. And once she finished going through the guide and we actually went over there and um, that was one of the areas that we had to perform at and the teacher came up and, and spoke to us and said, you know, we've done your guide and I just wanted to let you know how much I loved it. And said about this little girl and she said when she finished the, teaching them the guides, they had to go off and um, write their own sort of story. And she was worried about this little girl. She went and wrote six pages, mm. handwritten pages on planting a wheat crop, her own version of the story. She was so excited about farming and, you know, she just, just really found something that she resonated with and it had helped her with her learnings at school as well.
0: That's amazing. What what are your future plans for George the Farmer? I mean, is this something you're attacking full-time or is it just kind of along with your creative agency? And where do you hope it goes from here?
1: Yeah, so I'm basically doing George the Farmer full-time now. And Ben, um, my business partner, is basically full-time in the creative agency. Um, We also produce videos as well. So we've got some free videos that you can view online. If you have a look at George the Farmer YouTube, just Google that. Um, there's a paddock to plate um, video on potatoes and we sing our potato song as well out in the paddock, which is quite funny. They're sort of short five to seven minute videos and we've got a wheat video um, that we've created. We're looking at producing more videos um, like that for different industries. So we go through the whole cycle of planting a seed, um, all the growth stages to harvest and then we go into the kitchen and we cook some wacky wedges or we cook some pizza or something like that. Um, so they're really fun and we've had a great response from those. So we'll, we're looking at doing more of those and also probably some more YouTube um, clips, just some crafty, creative sort of things that kids can, can do at home. Um, we're also looking at um, television at the moment. We'd really like to get um, George and Ruby onto an like an animated uh, television show. So we're working with a production house here in Australia at the moment and um, who, you know, they're really aligned with our values of um, wanting to, you know, educate kids about food and fibre, but tell the story of agriculture as well, because like I said before, there isn't any character worldwide trying to tell stories about what happens in farming, which is, I think it's pretty crazy. You know, there's so many mystical um, children's characters and doctors and firemen and um builders and things yeah you're you're right nothing nothing about farming which is you know we all need food to sustain ourselves and yeah no one really knows much about it um and there isn't an inspirational character so i think there's a great opportunity there so we're trying to really push that we've been working on that for close to 18 months now so we'll see where that takes us over the next 12 months but besides that we'll just um keep trying to produce more stories um picture books more videos more music we really love producing the music and um, performing across the country with that Um, but yeah we're we're really interested in working with um, other uh, industry organizations in primary industries to you know not only help build our brand but it helps build what they're doing as well and um, educate consumer.
0: Yeah, I I really love this concept. So to go from an app to a picture book to a YouTube channel, and I know you travel and do events, how do you leverage that into TV? Is it basically just sending pitch pitch presentations to TV stations to see if they want to support something like that? Or what's the process of that look like?
1: Yeah, so that's been a bit of a learning curve for Ben and I, um, something that we obviously haven't had any skills in and something that we've learned a lot about over the last 18 months. So we've, um, we're working with a production house who uh, basically uh, is in charge of all the pitching. We've worked together to develop, um, you know, a storyline to pitch, our first story, a pitch Bible and a two-minute sizzle reel. And that's been taken off to France last year um, to MIPCOM and then recently in the last couple of weeks over to the U.S. to Kidscreen. Mm. And so it's been pitched over there to different broadcasters um, and we're just waiting for feedback now and then we'll probably go into round two of development um, with the sizzle reel changes and things like that that broadcasters are sort of looking for. You know, even though um, what we've developed might suit one sort of audience, we need to make sure that we're, you know, we've got enough diversity within um, what we're pitching and, you know, there's so many different tick boxes that you don't really realise um, until you go into this that need to be ticked. So there's still probably quite a long way to go before we can um, get that off the ground, but, yeah, we're learning a lot as we go and it's, it's definitely very interesting.
0: Well, well, I think the YouTube thing is so smart. My daughter watches YouTube and the show she watches, I'm just like, there's got to be better stuff on this. And then you look and they've got like 30 million views and I, I just can't understand it. So uh, I think that's really smart. And we're definitely going to set her up with some George the Farmer on YouTube right away. Uh, which The big question here is... What's George think of all this, the real George?
1: (laughs) Well, he only really found out last year that I created George along with Ben um, because of him, and when I told him, you know, I just had never thought about really telling him. And, um, yeah, when I said to him, he was like, oh, wow, thanks, (laughs) Mum." At the moment, he's – so George is uh, eight now, and he's – lost a bit of interest in farming although it's starting to pick up again now that he can ride the motorbike out on the farm and he's a bit more has a bit more um freedom um so and you know he can drive the ute and um and is going out in the in the header a bit more so um but my twins they're obsessed with farming um any chance they've got to get the toy tractors and things like that out they um always jump at it
0: and do you sort of uh, workshop your ideas on them
1: yeah, I um, yeah, often say, you know, when we're coming up with a new idea, this is what the next idea is about, what do you think? They're like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, generally once I've written the story, then I always, you know, run the drafts past them and then take them into, you know, the kindergartens and do a little test run through them. And, and we go through quite a stage. We run it through proofreaders and um, book reviewers and things like that before we go to um, press as well.
0: Okay, and you might have mentioned this if if I missed, I apologize. So how long ago did you actually have the idea and sort of what's the timeline like of of how you've gotten from idea inception to now?
1: Yeah, so the idea was first born probably in – it was about mid-2012. And um, that was when I was pregnant with the twins. And um, the time from then until sort of developing um, the brand and coming out the story – um, and actually getting the app up onto the iTunes store. That was July 2014. So it was sort of two years from conceptualization, uh, conceptualizing the idea um, through to market. And then it really took off in 2015. Um, we were invited to an event um, in Queensland. And um, we also had The ABC in Australia followed us. They filmed us down here on the farm and then um, went up to Queensland for this massive um, beef event. Um, And we had – that was our first event where we got out with our big George and we were shown on national TV through the ABC and then that sort of really kicked things off quite quickly and um, we found ourselves from then basically travelling a lot over the course of the year to different um, places all over Australia, which has been awesome as well because – Every time we can reach a new community and they actually see what we're doing with George firsthand, they become advocates of what we're doing as well and help spread the word, which has been great.
0: That is great. No, I, I think it's it's fantastic. I'm I'm predicting this is going to be a big hit, uh, even even here. Now I know in the U.S. there are those who. Um, uh, anytime you go public with um, agricultural advocacy or advocacy, I don't know if you use that term down there. It's kind of a made up one. But uh, anytime you go public with that, there's pushback from those who who believe they know the way that farming should be. And maybe it's very different from the way it actually is. Uh, Do you ever have to deal with any of that sort of tension or resistance from those who have their own ideas about how, how agriculture should be done?
1: No, we haven't um, come across really any pushback. I think it's probably been the opposite with what we're doing. We've really um, been embraced by the ag industry in Australia. Um, yeah, everybody's really supportive of, of what we're doing because they can see the massive need out there, um, With mainly with the lack of education but also just about having that ins- inspiring character and someone that can make ag cool and really connect consumers back to, um, back to their food because I think if – if consumers understand more about where their food comes from, um, it it works out as a win win for everybody because I think in the long run, people will be more willing to pay more for their commodities if they understand more about where they come from.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it is pretty amazing the amount of effort and energy and time that goes into you know just one one plate of food. So I think that's a gr- that's a great point. What's been most surprising to you since you started this whole thing? You look back. In, in in kind of what sticks out as the thing that surprises you most about how everything's gone down.
1: Well, it's really grown organically what we've um, what we've, we've developed. I mean, to be honest, when we first launched it, we just sort of did this as a little sideline thing where we thought the app would just sit sit in the background and do its thing while we still concentrated on the um, creative agency. So I guess that's probably been the most surprising thing that um, – how much it's been embraced mm-hmm. and um, how it's really just taken on a life of its own, um, which has been awesome because, you know, Ben and I, we love farming, um, you know, especially growing up on farms as kids, and, um, and we love food. And, you know, with me, with Justin, um, being married to a farmer as well, back in the in the day – earlier days when we were first starting, George – I could really see his frustration and other farming friends with, um, you know, you'd see in the paper, it's always um, negative stories about agriculture and just the lack of um, information of what consumers know about where food comes from or, or the struggles in producing food. And um, I think to be able to actually create something that's um, more positive, I think, has has been really um loved by the ag industry and and has helped, uh, you know, really kick off our our story, which has been fantastic.
0: Yeah. And the additional genius of of all of this is for a lot of people, uh, they get in their own pattern and that pattern gets reset once they have children. And that's when they start asking some of the questions about, you know, their food, how it's grown, where it comes from, and their children are obviously, you know, asking those questions along with them. So I think this is a product positioned at just the right place to, to share these messages and and to really share the truth about how food is, is produced. So I'm excited to, uh, to get some picture books myself and to download the app and share it with faith, which is uh, my, my four-year-old. Um, and, and for those out there that are listening and want to do the same, um, is going to georgethefarmer.com.au. Is that the best way?
1: That would be the best way. Yeah. Thanks Tim.
0: Okay. So I really appreciate this. This has been a lot of fun and, um, I'm, I'm really excited. I hope faith is as excited as I am to dig into all this content.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope she is too. Yeah. Look, I think, um, George, the farmer, and Ruby, they're very Australian. Um, but that's probably something that other countries can learn from as well, that the differences between each of our countries, even though we all have that same common goal of needing to produce food and also um, needing to eat food.
0: Right. Well, when you do a U.S. tour, make sure you include Austin on the list of stops so we can see you. But thanks again, Simone, and we'll make <laughs> sure we send some people your way to uh, pick up some of this really interesting um, material you're making.
1: We'd love to. Thanks, Tim.
0: So much to love about that episode. I hope you enjoyed that story with Simone Kane. What I love about that is so many people talk about the divide between producers and consumers and how big of a problem it is, but so few people are offering up real solutions and taking action. And uh, Simone and the folks at George's Farmer are actually taking action to connect those who may not be from a farming background with the realities of, of agriculture. And more importantly, they're doing so in a context that their target audience already understands, you know, you've got apps, you've got um, books, you've got toys, you know, These are things that are already being purchased, but putting it in an agricultural context. Like Simone mentioned, you've got Bob the Builder, and you've got all sorts of other different professions. You really don't have agriculture represented in a children's context very well. So uh, here it is. I hope you go check it out. Go to their website, georgethefarmer.com.au, and use the promo code futureofag, all one word, futureofag, to get 15% off everything you can get there. Hey, thanks for those of you who have reached out with positive words about um, our previous blockchain series and the show in general. Wanted to give a shout out right now to uh, Evie, Evie Song, who said, uh, Evie's been listening to the podcast for a while and loved the series on blockchain. Future of Agriculture has been my all-time favorite podcast. Evie, thanks for the email. I'll get back to you here shortly, and uh, really appreciate those of you who've reached out. If you're on iTunes, would love a rating and review there. If not, I just want to hear your feedback. Even if it's not super positive, uh, the community that is... Building around this show is what is most important to me, and so I would love for you to be a part of the future of this show. Anyway, we'll be back next week.
1: Thank you for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast with Tim Hammerich. Visit futureofag.com, that's futureofag.com today to get connected into careers in the agriculture industry.
0: Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.